Hi, this is Doug Manch, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. The Sorry, no, Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. I'm going to get used to that. I am your high-pressed conchu, Ray. And for episode 139, I have a very special guest returning. Petruni, hang on, I've got the whole list here. Fellow loony, valued Petruni. He's been a co-host on the show. He's been a host on the show uh, he's he's got a big part in the ITK serial drama, The Hunt for Conchu's Golden Scepter. Josh Geronimo! Johnson, Josh, welcome back. Hey man, it's good to be back. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time between drinks, but um, always good to have you on. Uh, yeah, and we have Looney's. Oh, just before I get into that. Just in case you uh, you come across any brain farts from yours truly, um, I've just been telling just beforehand, um, in the middle of a move, uh, just coming off 12 hours of constant moving and packing, um, I've rushed back to the empty empty apartment so I can sing and shout as, as much as I want. <laughs> There's no one here. Um, but anyway, I, um, if I do make any mistakes, and incidentally... If I do make mistakes, the old faff, faff prize. So uh, remember that, loonies, if I do make a mistake or make some wrong reference, um, you know, call me out on it and you'll get an ITK sticker. Um, that doesn't go for you, Josh, but I know that you won't make any mistakes. So <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> Josh is very thorough. If anything, uh, the previous episodes he's been in are any indication. Anyway, Josh, a huge, a huge welcome. Um we are doing a Lunapic Classic Run review tonight. It's based on the Waning Crescent, and it is uh, Doug Mench's Volume 1, Issue 12, The Nightmare of Morpheus. Now, Josh, we actually did this with uh, Young Konishu all the way back in Episode 5 in September 2017 in an episode we called Sleepless and Eyelidless, um, but hey... It's been a few years. Why not just do it again? Maybe we'll have some fresh eyes on it, uh, fresh eyelidless eyes. Um, I don't know, but this will be the first one, the first time that you review it. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, you never know. Plus, you plus the like you said it's been a couple of years, so maybe your thoughts have changed as well. So yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm actually I haven't checked my previous rating and any of my comments. So be interesting to see if I if I am consistent or uh, yeah if I've indeed changed. Now, uh, loonies, of course, um, I'd like to thank our our gracious Petrunis. So at the top of the show, our sponsors, they are our sponsors for the show, our primary sponsors, um, the likes of Josh as well, um, our co-producers, if not executive producers for the show, credited at the end of each episode. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a shout out to them, and and if you please consider becoming a Patreon member or Petruni, um, I'll give another plug towards the end. But um, a lot of incentives there, and uh, yeah, very thankful uh, to the likes of Josh, and also a big shout out to Hello Headphones, empowering gamers to play at their best. Uh, they are our sponsors as well. You can use the coupon ITK Moon Knight for ten percent off 
um, on their online store. Anyway, Josh, before we get into the review, always we have nice to have a little bit of an idle chat. And um, I wanted to talk to you about, without dwelling too much on the coronavirus, like we all know it's it's here with us for a foreseeable time, but how it impacts the comics. And um, there was an announcement recently about Diamond um, kind of halting uh, their their print run or their releases of any of the comics, and I'm assuming trades. How how does that kind of affect you in any way? Is that a big impact? Um, it's not that big of an impact because I only still collect just the four titles, and I usually don't go like I go every like three or four weeks, so it doesn't really impede me that much. Um, well, I know we have uh, the upcoming Moon Knight stuff in Avengers, so I'd be getting that also. But um, but other than that, like me personally, it doesn't. Um, I'm sure a lot of people it does. I, at least we still have the digital options to get on like comicsology and stuff. But um, but it, uh, the comic book stores are going to take a hit from this, unfortunately. And yeah, that yeah, really sucks. Yeah, are you a bit of a mixed media man yourself? Do you dabble in a bit of? Um, I may have asked this you before. Uh, digital floppies trades. I know you get. I know you're a an epic collector like myself <laughs> as well, Josh. I've seen you in the uh, in the group. Uh, I'm getting there at the epic collections. I only have four right now. Um, but I mean, I'm mainly I'm mainly a print uh, print collector. Every once in a while, I'll read something digitally, but very rarely. Only if it's like. Uh, because I know there's some sites and stuff where you can read stuff, um, so I try to check those out. But <laughs> yeah. if I'm like in the middle of a run and I'm missing an issue or something, but I'm mainly just mm-hmm. a print collector. But I have, in regards to not having any more new comics coming out, it's kind of okay for me because I have about maybe sixty percent of my collection is unread. So I have plenty of stuff to read. Like I just counted all my trade paperbacks and stuff. As of right now, I have sixty trade paperbacks. That I have yet to Three. read. So, <laughs> oh, sixty. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, uh, I was about to say, yeah, you probably haven't. Uh, I'm wondering if you burnt through that Captain America epic or, or that Nick Fury. Uh, was it an essential collection you got? Yep. Uh, well, I got. I haven't even touched. It's pretty rare. I haven't even touched either of those yet. I only just started the, um, the the, the first Daredevil epic collection. And I read about mm-hmm. ten issues of it, and I just I need to take a break from this because that old '60s stuff—it's fun to read, but you—it uh, it takes it's a chore to read a whole bunch at one time. So I have to really give props to well, shout out to the Epic Marvel podcast um, when uh, who you actually just had on Curtis a couple weeks ago. Um, shout out to him to and props to him for being able to like read like a whole, but a whole epic collection of like early 60s, 70s stuff, and then remember everything that happens and then talk about it because yeah. I, like, once I read an issue, once I get the next one, I completely forget what happened in the last one, probably because it takes so long <laughs> to read. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and, and it's kind of like you're reading multiple issues as well. It's hard to retain all that information, let alone you might be reading another trade uh, if you're anything like me as well, um, plus reading a few floppies here and there. But, um, yeah, absolute props to to the Epic Marvel Collection um, podcast, sorry, and Curtis Findlay, um, friend of the show and, and fantastic host himself. Um, a lot of fun. And I agree with you, Chad. Oh, not Chad. <laughs> I'll procure with you, Josh. Here we go. There's a brain fart. Don't call me up. <laughs> I, um, I agree with you in Daredevil Volume 1. I read it as well and I, I had to break it up. It's nothing wrong with that because it is a 60s thing. Um, 
I um, it gets a lot easier with the seventies and eighties. I find. Oh yeah, definitely. But the sixties, uh, it's just in not in a bad or good way, but it is quite wordy and um, very very dated. I mean, like the the way that characters are depicted. Um, mm-hmm. But there's, there's a lot of fun as well, anyway. So it's interesting to see all these. I find it interesting all the the villains that Stan Lee has created or Wally Wood. <laughs> So I talk, talk about hits and misses. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, okay. Well, uh, I mean, I yeah, with the obviously that's going to impact Avengers. I think um, the the Moon Knight, the Age of Conchu, because right. I don't know when it starts. This diamond stop, but um, the Avengers thirty three is meant to come out. I, I think mid to late April. And I think by by then, by April, um, Diamond will have stopped. So I guess we can still get it in digital. Um, so we can all still read it, but uh, it's going to be pretty hard to get the to get the floppies for it. And I want to as well. I mean, we're starved as loonies. We haven't got any. We haven't got any issues. So um, that's the next best thing for me. And I, I guess I'm just going to wait for if if it comes out. I don't know if Diamond have a hand in it or not. But um, <clears throat> I think the Contagion trade paperback. And the uh, Serpent War, Conan Serpent War trade paperbacks probably come out. I wouldn't mind getting them in the collection as well, just because it's got it's got our boy Mooney in there as well. Right. Um. Yeah. Well, news wise, Josh, there really isn't much. I did a a little search on Bing again just yesterday, um, just for the last seven days, and again, it's all that kind of clickbaity stuff. Of um, Moon Knight, when is it going to be released on Disney Plus? Who's going to play Moon Knight? All that kind of rehash news. So there's nothing really on the front for Moon Knight, unless unless you've you've uh, you've come across anything. I'm not sure if you have or not. No, I mean, mm. I think at this point, I think that's sort of the last thing on people's minds. Yeah. Really, because all the stuff <laughs> yeah. that is in production, like yeah. the uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, that stopped uh, filming. Yep. Um, I'm sure, like the Loki and Vision, Scarlet Witch, they're all like it's all stopped now. Yeah, it's just this weird, this weird stoppage in time. Except time keeps going on. It's just mm. really weird. <laughs> how long do you think? How long do you think it will kind of things will be halted? I mean, I was just speaking to a neighbor just earlier tonight, and it's just like this whole lockdown, self isolation. It could go on for a few, a fair few months. I know in the US, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot worse than Australia for the time being. I mean, but we're ramping. I mean, per cap, like per heads, we're kind of. It's increasing every day, um, and so the government's getting more and more nervous about locking us down or going by <clears throat> by suburb. You know, locking down suburbs by suburbs. Right. Um, yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I, I. I don't know. It's. Um, it could be. I mean, how long do you think we'll have to wait for the likes of the Black Widow movie and and all and all the Eternals movie? Isn't that coming out this year? Yeah, that's supposed to come out. I think November. But I mean, oh, okay. I, I say like the optimistic part of me is like, oh, hopefully it'll be you know over by May. But I like by like the end of May or something. But I mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it doesn't help. I mean, I know just yesterday we had just. The United States has just surpassed the number of cases in the world. I know. is isn't surprising, but, um, but I think it's only going to get worse. And yeah, like, like you said, like they're, they're like locking down, at least in Pennsylvania, they're like sort of locking down county by county, mm. depending on how many cases they have. And I know we're, like, my county isn't too bad right now. I mean, I think 
think we're in like the twenties or thirties, which is still not good. Um, but it keeps twenty is like like thirty infected. Yeah. Wow. In our county, I mean, our county's decent size, but um, but still, but I think like once it reaches like forty or fifty, then that's when yeah. the governor's like, we're, everyone needs to stay home. Like I said, luckily. It's, I'm still able to work and stuff, so that's good, but I know a lot of people have been kind of screwed over by it. I know. Far out. How bad is that? And plus, because I, New York is like the worst place. That's like the, where the outbreak is the worst, which, I mean, that's our biggest city, so, I mean, that's kind of obvious. Makes, yeah, it makes sense. But, but I'm only like an hour and an hour or two hours away from there, so not too far away from the epicenter, so I wouldn't be surprised if it does get worse here, but in, in terms of like, media and stuff like that, I don't think it's going to be... I don't think stuff is going to even start to resume like till probably the summer at least. Yeah. Are, are you concerned that you're still working or... Uh, I'm I'm thankful we'll still be working to be honest. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, of course that as well, but yeah. I mean, just health-wise, I mean, are you exposed to, to more people? And... Uh, no, because well, how... Well, like, so I work at a fabric store, so we don't have, we don't have that many people. We've been closed to the public, which is good. And then we've done some revamps where we sort of extended the hours that we work, but we're working in shifts, whereas before everyone would just work <clears throat> eight to five and that's it. But now uh, some people okay, work okay. in the morning, some people work at yep. night, so there's not as many people together. Um, yeah. Which is why I'm able to record this morning because I don't work till later on in the day. Um, yeah. So. There's only about like six people in the whole building at one time, so that works okay. out good. So, so it, we have a system that's working good, and, and because we sell fabric, um, people have been buying it to make masks. So that's why we're sort of in that gray area where we can still work right. because we provide materials yeah. to help. So, uh, so in a way, I'm 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 okay with being able mm-hmm. to work. So okay, no, that's good. Yeah, we, um, I mean, sorry, loonies, we'll get off this topic. I know it's, um, you're probably bored to death about hearing because it's on, on the news 24 seven, but, um, you know, uh, I'm just, I'm interested in, in, uh, situation. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I'll work at a, at a university in the property department and we're still working. Um, I'm on leave at the moment because I've got to move and, um, just decided to take a week off to, to do it. Right. Um, but we're three days a week. We, our office, are, we're allowed to work from home. Um, but still the two days we come in. Um, I'm not sure why we still need to come in because, um, we can really do any, we can do our stuff remotely. Uh, and, and basically all, all the students and classes have been suspended in, in the university anyway. So mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not like staff are uh, crying out for new for new um, offices or new teaching spaces uh, now because no one really cares about that stuff now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's it's an interesting thing, and um, yeah, you know, just this this whole pandemic. It's, it's just a, a very surreal time. Um, and sorry, it's, sorry, Lenny's under. Yeah, sorry. It's sort of like unprecedented. Like, mm. for the last time anything bad this happened was a hundred years ago, so nobody yes. alive has ever experienced it, and. It's yes. sort of weird, and like I've been talking with talking to people about it. It's like, and it's weird. Like in a couple of months, hopefully, this will just yes. be another thing that's in the history books, and it'll just be mm. a weird thing that everybody experienced. And it's sort of yes. kind of connecting to everybody, like in the world. It is, it, yeah. So and we'll ch- and it will change the world. Um, uh, yeah. You you did make one little mistake there, Josh. Um, 
when you said not everyone, uh, not anyone has, has is still alive. Um, Wolverine, he was still alive in the, <laughs> in the, uh, the Spanish thing. Um, but he's got a healing factor. So <laughs> I guess it didn't really, he doesn't really care about it at all. Um, anyway, how about we just, um, take a break from that topic. Look, people want to hear about Moon Knight, Josh. I know I instigated the conversation, but you know, with po- podcasting now, people, at home, potentially quarantined, potentially wanting to find a bit more entertainment. They want to talk about. They want to hear Moon Knight. So, unfortunately, Looney's um, no news for that. So, um, I just, you know, I veered into, you know, what we're always talking about, coronavirus. I will shut up. Um, hey, Josh, how about we just uh, let, let's just um, keep on with the flow here. Let's uh, take a quick break um and steal ourselves get ready for this review because i know there's a lot to talk about <clears throat> and we've got a fair bit of uh, feedback as well so that'll be fun to discuss all right um, all right so lenny's will be back after a couple of these messages hello i'm anthony and i'm dr issues and we're hosts of capes on the couch the podcast where comics get counseling superheroes don't always get to go home happy that's where we come in we offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong to the Mary Marvel. Anyone hear us? This is Trey Lawson. And I'm James Hickson. Anyone can hear this broadcast. We need your help. We've been kidnapped and imprisoned in a tomb by this creepy old undertaker named Mr. Gravely. And he's forcing us to review his collection of Marvel horror comics. Stuff like Tomb of Dracula. Werewolf by Night. Man-Thing. Ghost Rider. And so much more. Forcing us to record these reviews as a podcast called The Tomb of Ideas. If you can hear this, please contact our families. Call the authorities. Anyone. Tell them we can be found at... Now, now, boys, let's not give too much away. You can find James and Trey every other Wednesday at the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast, a proud member of the Cinepunks podcast group. See you there, Tomb Believers. <laughs> Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 139, and I am joined by Josh Johnson. He's dropped in, no pun intended, to uh, to help me <laughs> review this issue. And we're doing a lunar pick. It's a classic run review. It is a waning crescent, so conscious to creed. It is a lunar pick. And we do, we are doing Moon Knight Volume 1, Issue 12, The Nightmare of Morpheus. Uh, look, it's available on Marvel Unlimited, Comixology, or the Marvel Store. Uh, you can still get it in floppy. Josh, you've, um, for Petrini's out there, you've got the, the floppy with you right now. Yep. Um, yep, he's gonna be reading off that. Um, it's also featured in the Moon Knight Epic Collection, Volume 2, Shadows of the Moon. I have that, but it's packed away in a box somewhere, so I'm gonna read it digitally. Um, and also, if you're lucky enough, it's on Moon Knight, 
the Essential Collection Volume 2, long out of print, those three volumes. Um, I see them banding about on eBay. They're quite um, quite a hefty price. I'm glad I've got I've got them. Have you got them, Josh, as well? I thought you... Uh, no, I haven't. I only just started getting some of the Essentials, but... Uh... Okay. I was watching one and got into a bidding worth one, but uh, got too <laughs> pricey for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, fear not, Looney's. It is readily available anywhere on all of the above that I've mentioned. Now, this issue was released in October 1981. Uh, writer Doug Mensch, penciler and inks Bill Sinkevich, dynamic duo. Uh, colorist Christy Skeel, letterer Joe Rosen, and editor Denny O'Neill. Now, for listeners that haven't listened to us before, um, what Josh and I will do is we'll go through our bare bones, i.e. a synopsis, and Josh, I might ask if, you're, if you'd be so kind as to read that out. Um, we'll go through a bare bones, and then uh, Josh and I will just talk about the issues, and they will be focusing on main aspects of writing, art, themes, characterizations, and references to any other runs. And then finally, oh, I don't have it on the prompt sheet. Uh, that's all right. Finally, we are going to do... Um, We'll rate it in our, in our patented Konishu moon rating system. I think we'll pick that one, Josh. Um, although I don't Not me. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with the old school one. <laughs> okay. Konishu is one for people who doesn't understand the moon cycles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So jo- Josh is going tried and true. He's going traditional good stuff. Um, actually, that's probably what I'm going to go because I can't remember off the top of my head Konishu's one, so it's a lot easier. Anyway, loonies, here we go. Um, Josh, would you be so kind as to read the bare bones? Alright, All right. Dr. Peter Allron, Marlene's brother, ponders over the guilt he bears for his patient, Robert Markham, who has gone wholly astray. Just as he decides to report Markham to the police over the phone as missing, an intruder breaks in and reveals himself to be Markham, though t- now totally crazed and disfigured. With mysterious dark powers, Markham, calling himself Morpheus after the Greek god, assaults Allron. But before he is able to finish the job, police arrive and Morpheus flees into the night. Marlene hears news of her brother now in the hospital and pleases Stephen Grant to accompany her to see him. Peter slips in and out of consciousness, but sadly, as Marlene and Stephen arrive, he falls into a coma. Not long during their visit that Morpheus returns to presumably finish what he started. And as he attacks the hospital police guards, Moon Knight springs into action. Morpheus proves, however, too much for Moon Knight to handle, and he makes short work of Moon Knight using his versatile Ebon energy. Moon Knight licks his wounds and returns to the scene of the crime, Peter Arlen's office, to try and dig up information on Morpheus. He is greeted by Detective Flint, a seasoned, weary D.I. who, rather than get in Moon Knight's way, assists him. Flint gives Moon Knight vital information, and the thankful White Knight leaves the office in search of Morpheus. Meanwhile, as Morpheus becomes more and more crazed, he decides to rob a bank and is easily detected by Moon Knight. The two clash again, and for a second time, Morpheus beats Moon Knight effortlessly. Moon Knight vows to do better and chases Morpheus into a zoo, and after an intense fight where both seem to win at some point, Moon Knight lures Morpheus to an electric generator. Feigning injury, Moon Knight tricks Morpheus to shoot at the generator, and as Moon Knight had hoped, the electricity negates Morpheus's Ebon energy, rendering him powerless and at the mercy of the Fist of Khonshu. Morpheus is arrested and brought to Seagate Prison where he is sedated, effectively keeping Morpheus and his Ebon energy under wraps. Moon Knight forges a friendship with Detective Flint, and as the story ends, Peter Alron wakes from his coma, much to Marlene's delight. Yes, there you go, loonies. That was the bare bones um, read out by Josh. Yeah! 
Um, and that gives you a, a pretty holistic, I guess, summary of the the issue. That that bare bones was actually the same one. I pulled that one from my episode five. Um, <laughs> you could tell I was very very enthusiastic. I wrote a lot on that one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway um, to kick off, Josh, I guess let's let's get into it. But before we get into the aspects overall, what did you what did you think make of this issue? Oh, I really like it. I think it's a pretty good one. I like how it's in the, especially early on in this run. There's not many super villains that Moon Knight has. It's mainly just thugs, really, or just mm. like one-off bad guys. Whereas outside of like Bushman and Midnight Man, this is really like his third like super villain that he fights. So it's a good introduction for him. Yeah, I mean, even even Midnight Man isn't that. Fantastic as a superpowered or supervillain, uh, Bushman is very scary. But um, at the end of the day, he's still kind of like human, right? He's not. He's got the uh, sharpened teeth, and he's quite strong. Um, but this, I mean, this is right out of the gates. The first page that you see is this basically mutant or monster that is Morpheus. So we are really treated to um, a very different villain. Uh, for Moon Knight, as you mentioned, Josh, a lot of them have been just like street thugs. I mean, one a few issues ago, uh, Creed, he appeared to be super powered as well. He was quite super strong, but it was very um, uh, ambiguous. Uh, and we all know Doug Mensch, he prefers uh, characters to be non-powered and, and quite... I mean, that's why he took on um, a Moon Knight and the likes of Shang-Chi as well. Uh, but so it's interesting to see Morpheus, and this is a puts puts Moon Knight in a very different case. And I really enjoy this as well. Um, and and for me, this is the first time, the first real time that you see Moon Knight just throw himself at something that is obviously way outside of his league, um, and he, and he does it. Um, so anyway, yeah, an enjoyable um, enjoyable issue for sure. It still holds up quite well. Uh, all right, well let's go into some writing. Then, Josh, I, I see you've got a few points here. Um, why don't you kick us off with um, your first point? All right. So, uh, basically, during the or in the aftermath of the first fight between uh, Moon Knight and Morpheus, uh, Morpheus throws Moon Knight through a car or yeah, through a police car windshield, and then he takes off because he's losing his powers. And then Marlene, in front of a huge crowd and the cops. Flat out calls him Stephen, <laughs> yes, twice, uh, and it should be noted that Stephen is spelled differently in one pa- and from panel to panel, one with a V and one with a PH. <laughs> well, I've got an explanation for that, Josh. Um, I think Marlene. Well, as you said, she says it really loud in front of the crowd, so she wanted to throw them off by saying Stephen with a V and then oh, Stephen with a PH. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey. Oh, okay, maybe it's uh, who is this, Stephen? Um, no, no, you're right. There were a few slip-ups here. Um, you'd have to, you'd have to point the finger at anyone looking, you know, doing the proofreading here. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty noticeable slip-up, and I notice it, yeah, as well. I think Stephen for for um, Moon Knight is typically spelt with a V. I think. It, 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 it changes back and forth. It just depends. Oh, it does. I, I've okay. seen it as both, yeah. I have seen uh, it as both, yeah. Um, yeah, but very much a, um, yeah, a bit of a writing slip up there. Uh, look, writing wise for me, I, um, 
I really enjoyed just the the uh, the tone that Mensch has created here with I guess it's beyond writing but it's um also the art as well just this very noir kind of look with so you have Peter Alran at the beginning openly uh, drinking coffee um with a lamp light smoking a cigarette you know you get the brilliance in Kevich um flood, uh street lights the way he kind of draws them as well uh, it's all very um kind of seedy you, you know and um and I love this this is this is what uh, and there's a lot of shadow as well so even in the first couple of pictures as well um, Peter Arone, he's in the shadow of the lamp light, um, but Sinkevich also does a lot of um, like um, kind of face face shots as well, mm-hmm. um, and very kind of dramatic. Uh, so yeah, I, I um no, I, I just I just enjoy this kind of this tone that that Mensch has created, um, and yeah, it's uh it's it's pretty pretty good. It's a pretty straightforward. Um, <clears throat> It's a pretty straightforward uh, story. What I did find interesting was um, how Moon Knight kind of fails the first two times he meets Moon Knight, uh, Morpheus, right? Um, and it's on the third time as well, which plays a little later. We'll talk about that in in characters uh, characteristics, but um, I found that an interesting point. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you all the other yeah, the tone. Yeah, it, it is very dark and very noir and. Mm. After after giving it a reread, I'm like, yeah, wow, this is very, it's, yeah, it's, it's very dark. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's really, really, really well done. Um, and I mean, if you as well, just if you do compare this with many of the other, I guess, comics coming out at the time as well, early '80s. Like um, we were talking a bit earlier about you know reading some '80s comics. You were talking about X Men '80s, um, and if you kind of compare. The type of stories and stuff for Moon Knight compared to them, it, it, yeah, it does have a bit more of a, um, yeah, a bit more of a darker tone. Uh, what's your next point here on writing, uh, uh, Josh? Uh, oh, and just sort of tied into that last thing I pointed out, where uh, yep, he gets it was like a crowd and stuff. Why is there a big crowd outside of the hospital like at night? Like for no reason, like it just brought it just made me remember like the like the Amazing Spider-Man two at the very end where like a huge crowd forms, oh yeah, if yeah. like right behind like a uh, a big gun battle going on doesn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, it would make more sense if there was just like nobody out there or even like a couple people, but like you can't really see people, but like the drawing, the art makes it look like there's a big crowd of people back there. Yeah, no, true. Um, and there are barricades already and everything. Where, um, where are they, Josh? Does it say which city? Have I got? Uh, I assume New York. New I York. Assume. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Are you familiar what um the main the main hospital is in New York? Uh, I I wouldn't no, know just, to be honest. <laughs> just a generic. This is a, so. This is Mensch's just picked a generic um generic hospital somewhere. There's a lot of carnage happening there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, I thought interesting as well that um, they find themselves at the zoo again. It, it just kind of harks back to me. Um, oh, for the life of me, I can't remember the issue, but where Moon Knight chases Bushman and they end up going into this like park as well. It, very. I don't know. I just find it very strange 
finales, like um, final scenes where Moon Knight seems to have his big showdown. There's that one with him and Bushman, and he ends up they're fighting in the pond or something. Remember that? And Moon Knight uh, just punches him a couple of times. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember. <laughs> it's been a long yeah, time. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was um, prior to issue twelve. I have a feeling it is because I have a feeling that we've done it. Um, but anyway, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I feel Mensch is trying to find interesting and very different scenarios to, to pitch these last battles. I mean, it's a bit hard. I mean, the obvious thing would be to put them in the, the middle of New York, um, you know, in the main street or something or, you know, a big city showdown. But, um, over here again, we see they go to the zoo of all places and, and the way to kind of defeat Morpheus, I think, is a, a very, I don't know about you. I found it a, it's a little anticlimactic. Um, there's yeah. nothing exciting about an electric generator to, to me. Um, I mean, especially because they because they said like I guess the whole deal is because the positive energy from the generator can mm. negate the negative energy, but like never before is it stated as negative energy. Really, exactly. I don't think they just called it no. heaven energy. Exactly, and. It's just perceived as negative because it's bad and it's black. <laughs> it's like, you know, it could easily Basically. be positive, you know, scientifically it could be positive. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, what's the other point that you got there for writing? Uh, well, I'll just skip ahead to one just because we were just talking about the zoo, but we actually get to see Moon oh, yeah. Knight versus a Black Panther. <laughs> not, not the Black Panther, but he does fight yeah. a panther. I, I'm surprised they haven't, um, they didn't cash in on this. And well, I don't know how Black Panther was perceived back in 1981, but, you know, they could have done Big Showdown, Moon Knight, Black Panther. Then you open it and you find out, oh, it's literally a Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, which is still exciting. Again, uh, uh, this is kind of to my point as well. I think Mench is just, he's just finding weird and wacky ways. I mean, what, actually, no, I take that back because Morpheus, he does, um, he does do well. He uses his surrounds, right? He he kind of um, bursts that cage open for the, the panther to attack Moon Knight. Um, but I did love how, for any animal lovers there, they made a point that the panther will soon wake up in a few hours or so, you know, in case you thought that it was killed. Um, yeah, it's uh, so Moon Knight's not an animal killer. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and, it, it, and it does makes for something interesting too. Like instead, of, it, instead of just like another fight on the street, like who cares? Like yeah. that's happened a hundred thousand times in Marvel comics. But in the yeah. zoo, it's like how how often has that really happened? And you know what? Now that I think about it, not to well, we have to have the one reference, uh, <laughs> but I think it sort of ties in because um, I read reread uh, Batman Nightfall not too long ago, and in one of those issues, he's fighting Firefly, and he basically they fight into a zoo and he has to basically fight a black panther though so at oh. that time it was more so blue because of like the shading and stuff but that was at the time that mensch was writing so whoa i was about I, to say yeah i wonder if he reused that i don't i don't remember if it was him or or um i think chuck dixon was the chuck other dixon. one he was writing well that certainly is post 81 right so i uh, so um looney's josh is just referring to his Treasure trove of a library behind him. Trunis <laughs> can see 
Uh, I can see his library collection there. You can zoom in if you want. Check out Josh's collection. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I was about to say, it's, I wonder if it's self-referential from Mench, just to kind of like, you know, give a little nod to, to Mooney there. Um, because it's how often do you come across a Black Panther, right? Um, right. Uh... Or it could... Or, I mean, it could be Chuck Dixon um, paying homage to, to Mench. Okay, it was Chuck Dixon, yeah. Uh, well, I reckon he's just done that to, as a little wink to, to Doug Mench. Could you'd be. think. I mean, they Chuck Dixon. Yeah. At yeah. the same time. But yeah, you can still see it there. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you too can see this video footage if you become a Patroni. Please check out our Patreon <laughs> member Patreon page. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm just going to jump a little bit here then because with the writing, it kind of overlaps on some stuff. Um, I, I thought, uh, cause it kind of overlaps onto characterizations and I wanted to talk about the introduction because this essentially is the introduction to Morpheus. Um, I felt that Mensch has done a, a really good job, um, by not just doing a typical origin story. It would be fun to actually have seen Peter Arone, um, take this guy, Robert Markham, um, you know, through the traps as a patient and then to see him turn into to Morpheus. But we, Mensch just drops us in. Like the first page, as I mentioned, you just see Robert Markham and the Morpheus face and we're kind of off we go straight away. So by doing that, he doesn't really have to waste too many pages to build up on it. Um, but he does inject um, all the information quickly along the way and I really love that and I love the idea about Morpheus's power of um how it kind of builds up um when he, he let me get this right when he doesn't get sleep right so he the more sleepless he is um the more ebb and energy um he's like a little battery um yeah. so at the end I, I love it how they just sedate him and you know that's Typically, the best way to take care of supervillains, you just you got to you got to just drug them, <laughs> so, <laughs> make make them harmless. But no, I, I really did enjoy the um uh, the introduction to Morpheus. What did you think about it? Was it was it a, a decent uh, intro? Oh yeah, like and just like you said, like the way that they do it instead of instead of having the whole like experiment go wrong and whatever, like we actually seen that. It's I do think it works better just uh, just sort of seeing. Uh, Peter just kind of sitting there thinking about it and like kind of brooding over it because it's a crappy situation. Um, but overall, and, and yeah, like with Morpheus, like with his, I actually think it's a very sort of interesting power because it's sort of, it's sort of like a twist sort of like on real life. If that makes yeah. sense, like, cause if you know, like if anyone's ever gone like sleepless for a very long time, at, at, at a certain point, it sort of feels like you're drunk. Like when you go yeah. for so long, yeah. Um, so it's sort of taking like a, a real world sort of thing, and I wonder if I wonder if Doug Mensch like thought of that because of at the time he was writing so much, where he would be like, because like, I remember hearing an interview where he'd like stay up for you know hours and hours and hours writing because he was writing like eight books at one time. I wonder if he was like, hmm, this would be a, this could be a good basis for a power. Yeah, I reckon he's, I mean, just judging from the interviews that he's, um, he's had recently talking about his work, he seems like to be a very, he, he was a very industrious, um, writer. I mean, um, I guess it's kind of akin to a lot of the, um, you know, the, the, the main writers today of Marvel. Like, you know how there's that kind of, 
um, talk of Marvel will pick a writer, say like Donny Cates, or um, or earlier on, say Greg Rucker, or or Ed Brubaker, or, or Brian Michael Bendis, and they would put them on so many titles just to kind of really make the most of it. And and right. those guys, you'd imagine they'd have to write so many things all at once at the same time, and typically they'd kind of get burnt out because you know basically they're taken advantage of. Um, but, um, it just seems like Mensch kind of eats this things up, eats this thing up. And, and I can totally see that he relates to Morpheus in that sense. Um, going a bit crazy. You know, I don't know whether he wanted to rob a bank after writing all those things or, um, you know, but, uh, definitely can see the, the, uh, connection there. I, I also like, yeah, the, the, the look of the Eben energy as well. I wanted to call out the Bill Senkevich representation again we see so many textures in Sienkiewicz's art and he's really he's really starting to play with the the comic book art form in the sense um that we mentioned before about the street lights and stuff he he loves doing that loves playing with lighting in in uh, mm. comics uh, but with the Eben energy there's just um this frizzle that he has on it um and and just really looks good. And and the the fact that when Moon Knight gets um I don't know whether it's a printing or not, but when Moon Knight gets zapped by the Ebon energy, uh the the texture of the black on him, it's kinda like, you know, you can see the pixelation of it. Right. Um Yeah, so no, really really enjoy the uh the art here from Sinkevich as well for Morpheus. And I also like too, like when he does get zapped, he, we see him as grey, which I actually think like works like pretty cool. Like to me, like that would sort of like how they did art at the time. That would be like if he had a gray suit instead of um, instead of white, like like sort of like how like the black and everything would sort of be like. Oh, it just looks cool. Like, or I should say, if, if he had an all black suit, the gray would sort of be like the shadows and stuff on it. Like that would it looks pretty cool. Um, and and I think and, and just I think when you were saying about how. Um, how it sort of looks all pixelated. It does look cool, but I, th- I also think that's just sort of just how they did that, like at the time, like okay. especially like how they did like the inking. Because if you re- once you get up to like the mid eighties, all the co- all the color except for like red, black, um, like standard blue, and I think yellow, like your standard colors. I think all those are sort of fine, but anything else, like different shades of blues and. Um, like orange and stuff like that. That's sort of how it sort of was, like color wise. So I don't know. If that was just the tech. I don't know if that was deliberate or if that was just like the technology on how they do gray. I don't know. Oh yeah, you, I mean you could be right, right with that. Um, because I guess it's a little bit out of um, what you'd expect from Sinkevich. So it could be yeah, it could rightly just be a printing thing. Because um, you can actually see it. Yeah, I mean all these shadows. There's another one where Detective Flint and Moon Knight are. Um, are in the office, or or in Peter Alrone's office, and uh, and the shadows are yeah are all pixelated as well. It just could be the yeah it could be the print, um, the print as well. Right. Uh, any other any points uh, that you want to just throw out there, Josh? Let, let's um, you know let's just bounce around here. All right. Uh, one of the things I noticed on there is uh, so when the cops show up to go one. Because because uh, Peter calls the cops, but then he gets interrupted by Morpheus. So I guess they're like, "Oh well, cops still better show up because something's going on there." Um, <laughs> it has the worst onomatopoeia for a siren I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just, oh, 
It's 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 it should be like a on like a, a sit a sitcom where everyone's like, oh, like that's what it reminds me of. Like there's so many better there's so many better onomatopoeias and yeah, they chose that. That was weird. But yeah, that's yeah, like that a super a bit... nitpick. No, but you're right. It's um it's so funny though. I don't um I don't notice that much of the what do you call the onomatopoeias or the the word descriptions, um, but some of them are quite funny. Like you, you look at them; um, they can be as normal as the crash. But then we got this F H W A M for Wham. Yeah, um, pretty pretty cool. <laughs> um, Bram as well shocked. He's got another for as well. I, I'm just wondering what that really sounds like. But know. yeah, it's it's very strange. Um, Oh, I just wanted to also, again, just go back to Morpheus as well. Um, so I think, I think this issue, oh, I could be treading faff territory here. I think this issue as well, it's the most we see Morpheus utilize his power and it's the most, um, I guess versatile here. Like you see him tie up Peter O'Rone and then you see him swing away almost like Spider-Man at the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, but we also have him use it as almost like a, a juggernaut force field. Um, so the, the bullets bounce off him when the police shoot at him. Uh, it can be seen as a concussive force as well. It, um, it blows up a car. But when he shoots it at Moon Knight, I mean, because you'd think that that would just destroy Moon Knight, it, it does zap him and Moon Knight said it feels like a cold shock. So it has a different, um, effect on, on, I guess, living things maybe other than yeah, cars maybe. um but it certainly doesn't do i mean over here the second time he shoots moon knight it kind of it ties him around his ankles but also gives him that cold shock as well um so yeah i, I don't know i just like the again um you don't know too much about this ebb and energy but i think mensch just plays around with you know what it can do um yeah, and you don't really see that again later on. I mean, you see him just use it as ebb and energy, um, but uh, I thought that was quite well. That's quite cool. Yeah, it sort of reminded me of like uh, Green Lantern power, sort of mm. like, like his his energies from that he builds up are uh, sort of yeah, like the Green Lantern energy. But he can't make constructs, but he can do stuff with it, sort of. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, like he even as well, it takes up all his energy. He he blows up the. Um, the bank, the the front door, I guess, of the bank. Um, one of the low points of Sienkiewicz's art here is when, <laughs> and I say this a little tongue-in-cheek, when Morpheus runs away, you know, after he robs the bank, and he's literally got a sack of money, <laughs> the first, first national bank, and it says first national bank, I guess. It's just so, yeah. so dodgy, um, you know, attention to details. Um, the moon copter actually looks pretty cool here as well, just from what I see, the underside. So the yeah. moon, it's getting better. Like we we spoke about earlier in the in the classic run, uh, previous classic run reviews that it was a running, it was a it was an ongoing thing. Like Frenchie destroyed the the moon copter in the Hudson River, I believe. Or, um, and anyway, it's been repaired and and remade, and uh, it's looking okay here as well. So. Um, yeah, my favorite. My favorite still the Mark Spector one, like the, the yes. like the long one. Like that's still the coolest one to me. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, over here it's still a bit. You can't see it all. It could well be still that daggy looking one, but um, 
yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, also, I guess with um, oh sorry, Josh, any, any uh, another point? Did you want to raise another point? Um, I guess uh, one of the things about Morpheus is that he he does feel like a very sympathetic villain, like mm-hmm. uh, because and I also have this in the themes where it's like. His power is more like a curse, and sometimes that happens, and, like, you do kind of feel bad for him, because, like, imagine, like, not being able to sleep, like, mm. like that sucks ass. Um, and and then, basically, yeah, and then at the end, their plan is to uh, just keep him permanently sedated. It's like, like, imagine that, like, you it's basically, yeah, like, being in prison, and then you're also not even allowed to be awake. You're just uh, sedated and knocked out the entire time, like, for the rest of your life until he comes back whenever, whatever yeah. issue. But that's, like, sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. He's very much sympathetic and, and really a tragic figure. I mean, as you say, when he is awake and, and part of the world, he he's probably just yearning for some sleep, you know, but... He, he get and he, and he gets crazy, a little crazy himself. And this is, a, I guess, a, a a little parallel to to Moon Knight because he's, you know, Moon Knight's um obviously he has his identities and such. But with Morpheus, his this lack of sleep is is driving him crazy. Um, but he makes, I guess, he makes the the most of a really bad situation, and he has this this power which he has to kind of expel anyway. So he might as well, you know, rob a bank. And he might as well cause havoc, and he may may as well just um, um, wreak vengeance on Peter Arone because he turned him into this thing. Um, and you also get this like it's never really fully explained his his um physicality, like his really I mean apart from the eyes like that makes sense. So his eyes are really really big and um agog because it kind of it just kind of screams, I can't go to sleep, you know, I can't close my eyes. But right. he's got all this, this other stuff around his nose. It kind of, he kind of looks a little bit like a Klingon or something. He sort of, I, I have this in the art, but it reminds me, do you know of the, the character Vermin? Yes, um, yeah, yeah, from Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, he looks, like, he reminds he me of it a lot. So, uh, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it is, they, they do say, uh, on like the first opening page, they do say like the, you know, like the internal things that have changed, but yeah, other than the face and stuff, there's really no other change yeah. to his body. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, he's an interesting, interesting character. Very yeah, and very tragic. And as you say, like when he's not, when he gets what he wants, when he gets some sleep, um, that's where they just want to keep him. I think later on in Resurrection Wars, Morpheus has his funky ability to some t- uh, somehow go into dreams or something. He starts to become part of like a dream, a manipulator of dreams. Um, um, again, you know, call me up if I'm wrong. But um, yeah, so again, it's a, it's a bit of an um, ambiguous kind of power set, but I am very much like this ebon energy power set. I think that's really cool. And as you say, Green Lantern, I like this whole battery thing that he, that he has going on. Um, but yeah, uh, with characterizations, I want to go on um, into, I mean, you mentioned Morpheus and his characterization, uh, into Moon Knights. Now, funnily enough, last episode with Joey Mega Man Negliata, um, we were talking about how Brian Michael Bendis uh, depicted Moon Knight in his run. And it had him showing a bit more of a, a vulnerable side, a bit more of a, 
I'm unsure of myself. Um, this is this has popped up again here as well. Like with Morpheus beating him the first two times, Moon Knight again he makes mention of almost hanging up his cowl. You know, not I'm not good enough to to be a hero. And I think this is an interesting and maybe a, a often forgotten bit of Moon Knight is that sometimes he can be not as confident as you'd think because it does pop up later. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that too. Like it, at first, I think at first I was just like, "Really? Like that's like, oh, you got you got beat twice. You're gonna go cry about it." It's yeah. like, but then it's like, oh no, it is kind of interesting because like, how often mm. do, do you see heroes with like? I mean, I guess it sort of happens all decent amount, but like, you don't really see yeah. Muna be like, "Oh, I got beaten. Yeah. I, I don't think I should be doing this." And uh, yeah. but no, yeah, no, you're right. And it, there is like a one. The one panel after he does get beat the second time, he's sitting there. He like he has like his face over his hands. Yeah, and like and then, yeah, yeah. I th- I think it's probably as you say, it's because uh, he he feels like that all of a sudden after what seemingly is a small thing. Like you know, okay, he got beaten by a guy that can shoot bloody even even energy from his hands. You know, he's got nothing to uh, to be worried about. He's only a guy in a suit, right? So. Um, you know, he hasn't got Iron Man armor. He's not Thor or anything like that. But he's fighting a super-powered guy. Uh, but, yeah, it, it is interesting how he does kind of question himself. Because the only other the other time I was thinking about this, Josh, um, it came up in Mark Spector Moon Knight issue 25. That's one of my favorite issues. It was Mark Bagley, Howard Mackey wrote it, um, starring Ghost Rider. And in that, Mark Spector... Um, questions, I, I guess, it questions um, his motivations and his past. You know, being a merc, and and because uh, he was he was fighting this guy. I can't remember the name of the guy, but he was an ex colleague, an ex merc, and then he's kind of like, oh, I'm just as bad as these guys. And then we later see it in the Bemis run where he has this massive guilt about, um, I've got all this kind of red before. You know, when he, he's talking to the truth as they're going to the Isle of Ra. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you know, I've got all this. I, I was a merc. I feel so ashamed about what I did before. So, yeah, he, he has a lot of this kind of going on. Um, and, yeah, anyway, I picked up on it for this for this early run in, in Volume 1. And it also also harkens back to what we talked about before. This is also, like, his first uh, encounter with, like, a super-powered villain. Like, mm. not just extra strength and stuff, but it's like, yeah, this guy can shoot lasers and stuff at me. It's like, well, I've never gone up against this before. What the hell am yeah. I doing? How am I going to beat him? So, I mean, it does feel very like a very human reaction to that too. Yeah, yeah, true. It doesn't stop him from doing it in the future, and that's a, <laughs> one of the things I love about. Yeah, he just keeps on going against. Uh, God, who who else? Who's a? Well, recently we had. Um, I did that thing where he goes to Las Vegas and fights Joe Fixit. You know, fights the Hulk. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I love that part of Moon Knight. Um, any other things here, Josh, that you want to cover? Um, Art-wise, I see you got some some cool ones there. Uh, Yeah, first off, just the coverage is so kick-ass. Yeah. Especially, like, having the the white and black of Moon Knight and then, like, the black, blue, purple of Morpheus just together. It looks so fucking cool. Yeah, I feel like Moon Knight's face is a little squashed or a little weird looking, but um, definitely the Morpheus looks really cool. You know, I, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you also mentioned about his ripped uh, ripped mask. Yeah, like that doesn't. We don't see it very often. I remember seeing mm-hmm. it before, but I can't remember where. I think it had to be somewhere in the Mark Spector one, but like it doesn't happen very often. But for some reason, I always like it when it's cool. And but because uh, that happens to like other characters too. But one thing I always love is it's always like the mouth down that gets ripped. Like yeah. I, at some point, I want to see somebody where it's like just like the forehead gets ripped <laughs> <Just> off, <the forehead. laughs> but, but like the eyes down is still there. I don't know. It's just, it's just funny, yeah. but I don't know. It's, it's just something that, that happens because like, it doesn't happen very often. So when it does happen, you can point it out. Yeah, and it looks pretty cool. I, and uh, I always remember it from the 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 volume one. Um, God, that's one that we've done before. It was the one with the um, where he's laughing maniacally, um, and it's got a, a wolf, a werewolf, I think. At oh, the back. right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That is, is ripped on it. Maybe that's where I'm thinking of it from. Yeah. That was a good one as well. Um, yeah, well, art-wise as well, I mean, I wanted to mention, um, again, Sinkevich's, and I think I mentioned this in Episode 5, one of the things that did make an impression um, on me was the likes of the way he drew Detective Flint as well. Really, really um, nice, haggard face. I love it. Um, but also there's that little, I love this panel layout. You see um, where Flint's talking with Moon Knight in the background, checking the files, Mm-hmm. And it's just a nice thing where you see snapshots of it's a very simple action. He's just making a coffee, putting some sugar in, but you get that you're looking at him, but you're kind of also looking at Moon Knight what he's doing because uh, there's so there's two things that are kind of leading your eye in that. Um, right. So it's a really I don't know, just a really fun layout. It's a very simple layout. There are eight eight panels, but um, I think I don't know. I just think Sinkevich makes it makes it interesting by. Just having Flint do these very mundane things. Yeah, no, no, I like it. Yeah, because well, it is more so like you have the two things you know, but you're more so focused on Flint because he's well, takes up most of the panel, and he's more so in color. But yeah, in the back, Moon Knight is doing his thing. He's looking through the files. It's sort of like it's sort of a way reminds reminds oh maybe Flint maybe just be, might just be talking to himself, and Moon Knight sort of just sneaking through and doing it. Like yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not what happens, but it sort of reminds me. But no, I noticed that too. It's, I do like it. It is weird seeing Flint without a mustache, though, because we're so accustomed to seeing him with it in like right. the uh, Ellis run. Yes. I forgot that he had a mustache in the, um, the Ellis run, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, also interesting that I know Morpheus is a little disfigured. He actually, he, look, he's got longer fingernails as well. He's got like talons. But um, he persists in not wearing a t-shirt or a shirt, um, <laughs> at least at night. Maybe maybe yeah. c- because he he wants to go to sleep, but he can't. Um, actually, he puts a trench coat on, but he also his skin looks a little bit scaly. Um, a little bit. Anyway, yeah, I'm just um, fixated on this Morpheus thing. What did you think of? Okay, so oh yeah, we mentioned already the um, the electric generator that was. Um, pretty smart of that uh yeah i mean i don't know if there's any any other um final final thoughts here josh before we give it a a, a good old rating uh i just have a couple uh yeah. so so Ver- uh vermin <laughs> uh morpheus uh goes to yeah so he goes to rob the bank but like as he's doing he's sort of talking about i need a, i need a palace i'm gonna need to build a palace and uh, yeah. to build a palace you need money like that's sort of just comes out of nowhere like yeah. I don't, I don't really know what he's talking about. Like, yeah. 
why you can just you clearly have a place to stay, to stay already, or there's not there's yeah, plenty yeah. of abandoned things. Well, like you, but if he would just rob the bank, just because it wouldn't bother me at all because he's a villain. But he's going on saying about oh, I need a palace fit for dreams, uh, a place to dream. It's like, I don't, I don't really know what he's going on about and what, what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, true. It does seem a bit out of left field. I, I like put it to his kind of descent into a little bit of madness. He's a bit, he's a bit loopy at this stage. Um, if you look at it, his whole thing is at the beginning of the story, he wanted to exact vengeance on Peter Arone. That was the main driver. Um, but he gets kind of chased away and off he goes. Then he starts attacking just outside the hospital. Um, again. Then all of a sudden he decides to have a palace, you know. So he's he seems to be a bit of a loose cannon. He's just like shooting everywhere, um, not knowing what he wants. Um, but yeah, uh, so in that sense, I guess I guess the writing for him and his motivations aren't that aren't that aren't as solid as it as it could be. Um, but then again, if if it was indeed Mensch just trying to make him or trying to illustrate how kind of crazy or, or the descent he's going through maybe that doesn't come across enough yeah maybe i don't know it just it just really stuck out to me <laughs> yeah yeah uh let's see what else do i have on my list here um i mean this is uh, i also like this is like so this is the first yeah collaboration between flint and moon knight which mm-hmm. uh i think i mean really like when we get to see uh we get to see flint we're Sort of like how he was in like the Alice run too, where he's more than willing to work with work with Moon Knight, and you know, as he says, uh, like, I don't, he's like, I, I, or certain cops might not like uh, sharing info with vigilantes, but you would just get on your own anyway, so I might as well just work with you. Um, yeah, and we see him do that in the Alice run when he's Mister Knight and stuff too. So yeah, yeah, it's cool seeing where the- they come from. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no opposition at all. Like, he immediately, and, and this is the thing with the character of Detective Flint. He just seems to be quite sympathetic to, to these vigilantes straight away. Um, I'd like to say, I wonder if he does, like, I'd love to see Flint kind of cross paths with, say, the likes of Daredevil. Or what does he think of, um, of the Punisher? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, because, uh, for what he's doing seems to be against, what the greater law enforcement want to do, and that's they don't want to work with vigilantes, but he's willing to do it with Moon Knight. At this stage, Moon Knight is not a face-ripping, you know, um, (laughs) dark vigilante. Um, So, yeah, no, it is is interesting um, to see this. And it's it's a great introduction to Flint, I think. Um, It's a good way... I mean, he just gets it out of the way, doesn't he? As you say, like you know, you, you're going to find it anyway. I'm just, I might as well just help you out. Um, and he helps him out at the end as well, doesn't he? Um, uh, I think he just arrests him, and then he's just like, "Get out of here before, yeah. before it was before I get ordered to arrest you or something." Um, yeah, exactly. So, so he does well. Um, look, the only other thing that I I want to um, point out and i believe i did point out before as well the the very beginning um the first page we can't let that go unsaid uh so that is actually a portrait of um of doug mensch on the left oh Um, yeah it is yeah so he gets the uh robert markham so in the marvel universe 
uh, Doug Mensch looks like the uh, the alter ego to um, to Morpheus. But a pretty good rendition there from Bill Sankiewicz. And you know, if there's any ever any artist that you want a portrait from, you know, I reckon Bill's your man. <laughs> yeah, no, the, uh, those those two like the two photos of, of of Robert or Doug, and then and then as Morpheus, like those are some really good really good portraits. Like there's really good yeah. detail in them. Like yeah. I, I yeah, I, I didn't know. I mean, it's good that he had photo reference. Uh, yes, I assume and, and physical re- reference for that, but. Regardless, I'm like, yeah, those are actually some real good. Like, they look like sort of real photographs. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's hope that there was no photo reference for for Morpheus. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I'd like to know who the model is. Um, but yeah, uh, no, very cool indeed. Um, are you ready to to give this a a good old rating here, Josh? Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much most of the points I had. So, overall, All right. good issue. All right. Well, um, before we head into our um, loony feedback, yeah, what, Josh, what would you rate this um, Moon Knight Volume One, Issue Twelve, The Nightmare of Morpheus? All right. So, like, like I said before, I'm going with the old school rating. I'm not going yeah. with the, that that newbie Connor shoe uh, rating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Connor shoe. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going by it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm so I'm gonna like I said I thought it was overall it was a really good issue. A few problems with it, but. Uh, I'm gonna give it a uh, a low waxing gibbous, so like an eight out of ten. Wow, cool! Hey, now let me just punch that in so um, I don't forget. Waxing gibbous, was it? Yep. In waxing gibbous, awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty cool score. I I um I really enjoy this as well. Uh, um, look, it is very again for an early '80s issue. It's hard to compare with that and, and other decades, uh, other issues of other decades as well. It, it very much is a kind of like a thing of its time. But if you if you kind of look through that and look at the art and look at um, the, the story and the introduction of this character, this awesome character who we, you know, is pretty much a staple in the Moon Knight rogues gallery, um, it is a pretty fun, it is a pretty fun read. Uh you know, I like the differences and I like the chances that Mensch takes on the the, the scenarios. Like um, we we talked about the zoo being the end thing and using the the panther. Um, for me, I mean, for me, it's nice to be different. It doesn't entirely work, um, but I can see how it would be thrilling. Perhaps back in the day, um, you know, with animals attacking you and stuff, uh, right. and and the ending, yeah, and the ending with the uh, the generator, electric generator, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It didn't have that big bang that I was I was hoping for 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 such a powerful villain and, and Moon Knight. But it is it is a cunning way that Moon Knight um, um, employs to to actually beat Morpheus. So. Uh, you got to give him props for that. So I'd give it a, I'd give it a um, three quarter moon. I'd give it a seven and a half out of ten. I think that's, um, it's, a, it's a very, very cool. And every time I read this, uh, it's, it's always enjoyable. Uh, we get the introduction of Flint. We get the introduction of Morpheus as well. Um, we get Moon Knight. Um, we get some action, definitely action there with Moon Knight. But we have him also kind of questioning himself. So um, there's a lot in here to make it an exciting read. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those ones too where it's um where even though like obviously as movie fans we you know, we like all or like at least of this 
first run, but if you had to pick out of like the uh, say pick five issues out of this first run, like I'm sure this would probably be one of the ones I would pick probably to sort of kind mm. of get like a, a good grasp of the different ways that he's that Moon Knight is used. That would yeah. probably be one of the ones I would pick probably. Yeah, I mean, you know, let, let's be fair as well. As, as as much of a Moon Knight fan as I am, there are some flat issues out there in, in, in Volume 1 that mm. um, don't seem to work. This is definitely not one of them. Uh, um, and just to throw it out there, Josh, so if, you had, if you're talking about five, five of your favourites from, from Volume 1, um, you don't have to tell me, like, the actual issue number, but which ones would you would you give it to? Uh... Oof. See, the thing is, I, again, I haven't read any of these in a while, but I know I def- mm. def- definitely number one, issue number one, no question. Yep. Um, I mean, that, that might be sort of a cop out, but, um, uh, oh man, it's, see, the thing, I haven't read a lot of the later ones, like yeah. up until, like, I'd say maybe from like issue like 15 or 16 up through like the rest. I haven't read that many, so, Maybe mm. my comment saying about, oh, if I could pick five, it's like, well, I've only read like 12, 12 or 13. <laughs> so I guess I yeah. can't really say that. But um, uh, I really like the, I think 14 is with Stained Glass Scarlet. That one's like, yeah. I like that one a lot. Um, That's a definite, definite for me. Um, such a good issue, that one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm like you as well. Um, in the case, I've read them all, but I've... I've read the first, like the first third or the first half, a lot more than I've read the the last half of the of the run. Um, so, you know, I can remember, you know, vaguely towards the end there. I think the X Men coming. Actually, the one with Doctor Strange is pretty cool as well. That's a bit later, I think. Um, I love the ones with the with the werewolves. Um, uh, I think they're they're pretty cool. Right. Um, but number number five is. Probably one of my faves. It's that kind of haunted house one. Oh it's a yeah, one, yeah. I, I I really like that one. Um, but yeah, stained glass scarlet and and yeah, number one is is very strong. Um, <clears throat> Midnight Man to me, Anton Mogart, oh, I think is one of the worst, <laughs> one of the worst villains. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, you know there, there are even worse, so that's okay. Um, all right, loonies. Well, let's go to uh, Josh. Let's go to. We have some feedback as well. The majority of it from our Facebook page. So, Josh, um, why don't we just go through these? Um, let's alternate, yeah. All right. <clears throat> okay, I'll uh, I'll give you Chad's. <laughs> okay. Um, the first one from our Facebook page. Uh, a big shout out to Looney. First time um, we're hearing from his comments. So, hello, Seth. Uh, Montalvo, welcome, welcome. I hope you are enjoying the show and uh, loving your comments. Seth mentions this issue is awesome. Uh, debut of one of many Moon Knight's villains, Morpheus. Love this classic. And I think from what you've heard, Seth, uh, from Josh and myself, we cannot agree more. Morpheus is one of the coolest, I reckon, Moon Knight villains. Um, so underutilized. But that having said that, a lot of Moon Knight villains are underutilized. I want to see more Black Spectre. More Morpheus, more stained glass, stained glass Scarlet, but um, yeah, absolutely, Seth, totally agree. Yeah, yeah, wasn't he's only been used like f- like four, like, like five or six times, I think, like mm. overall. Like, yeah, he does get really underutilized. I know well, the last time we saw him was in that one in the Bemis run where uh, yeah, wasn't he in like that, that labyrinth sort of thing, sort of like for like yeah. no reason. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was he was drinking a uh, a milkshake or something, a fruit smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they um, need to use him more. Yeah, exactly. But it's, this is the thing, as you say, he's appeared what five or six times. But how memorable is he? Like he's counted as one of the rogues galleries because there's a reason for that. Because I think he's quite a memorable character. Right. Hmm. All right. So now we're on to the power of Chad. <laughs> Chad Jernigan. Uh, <laughs> if I remembered the voice Joey did, I would do it. But I'm not gonna, I don't remember how he did it. And plus, I probably there's a, there's a lot written here, so I don't know if I could do it. But anyway, so Chad says, <laughs> I miss this villain. He has a very unique power that comes with severe drawbacks on physical and mental fields. The fact that it is an energy form that makes him prehensile is very intriguing. The action shots are very solid, nothing short of the usual for Billy Boy. Whether it's gliding through the air or wrestling with large predatory cats, Sienkiewicz is adept to rolling with the punches. As per usual with this volume, lots of inner, mo- lots of inner monologue. Not unwelcome, just formulaic. I'm not implying that Mark isn't a thinker, just short in the prose department. At the end of the issue, I'd say it's a strong 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, no, um, agree for most part. And it's a, a nice pick up there as well, Chad. The gliding through the air as well. We've got to point out, Sinkevich is just a master at making Moon Knight look so cool doing that. Um, he does that when he flies down, uh, to try and stop, uh, Morpheus robbing the bank. Um, no, really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, any other, also, and so what, um, Chad mentioned, uh, a little formulaic, um, the, the inner monologue, Josh. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I I think it's just something just at the time, like, that's just what all characters did. Yeah. Didn't, didn't bother me at all. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I can see what you mean, Chad. So, um, no, jeez, that's seven and a half. Same, same score as myself. Um, so, same, same. <laughs> anyway, uh, next we have John Marsden. Hello, Josh. Looney John Marsden. Uh, he's been in and around the uh, ITK community. It's great to hear from him. Morpheus is a villain that you can not hate absolutely he is my favorite moon Knight villain all this dude wants is some sleep now i'm quarantined with my wife and two kids i can relate <laughs> these turds wake up and start a full-blown conchu concert in their rooms at 5 30 a.m someone please cough on me <laughs> thank, thank you john um th- them's fighting words there um <laughs> pretty <laughs> Pretty, uh, pretty spicy words there, John. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping, uh, your family, uh, you know, obviously take that in tongue in cheek. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. A, a, um, a very memorable villain, as we said. Uh, and, um, no surprise to me that he'd be a favorite of too many loonies, I reckon, Josh. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, and I wonder what a Conchu concert sounds like. Yeah. What that entails. <laughs> Geez, John, yeah, you better write in. Tell us what this country. Well, maybe if you, you know, are they are they wearing bird skulls and and all adorned in white? That that'd be pretty creepy. But um, now hoping you can get some more sleep, John. If not, just use your Evan energy. Uh, seems to work on uh, work yeah. for for Robert Markham. Or buy some Hello uh, headphones and block them out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um. Hey, Josh, you've got the last two here. One of them was a reply to John. Why don't you just take these last two? All right, yeah. So Luis Nobrembilla, hopefully I didn't put your name, replied to John Morrison saying, my favorite villain too. There you go. Good, re- good reply. Talk another one up. <laughs> 
And then uh, Jordan Hegarty, great issue all around. Love Morpheus as a villain. Interesting. Moon Knight has a hard time defeating this superpowered opponent. A few times he makes known his insecurities and even snaps at Marlene. He has come a long way with the villains he can take down. His insecurities have waned and waxed. Mm, yeah, I agree, Jordan. I think yeah, it's important that you say they have waned and waxed because they do seem to come back. Um, and then there are times when he's super confident. And um, again, I'm going to cite the um, the Hulk 2008 run, seven to nine, and he's just very kind of. He's even snapping at the other superheroes like Captain Marvel and Sentry, going, oh, you guys are stuffing all this up. You know, I had this under control. So he definitely waxes and wanes with his insecurities. Um, but great point there as well. Yeah, and also he snap, he snaps at Marlene. Like, I think poor Marlene gets snapped at a lot. <laughs> um, but again, maybe the sign of the times. Now, the only other one we got, um, and thank you. I mean, this is, this is a lot. I mean, Josh, it just shows again the popularity of Morpheus. Um, we get a lot of feedback here. Um, so on Twitter, um, from Century 20th anniversary at Lunacy Comic, uh, he writes, and this is a cool, this is a cool Twitter account. Um, it's all to do with Century and Moon Knight. Anyway, he or she says, the issue which introduced Morpheus, one of my favorite Moon Knight villains with lots of potential, Moon Knight's first supernatural enemy. Well, I think Werewolf by Night, right, would probably be the first one. Thinking yeah. the exact same thing, yeah. Superpowered, yeah, yeah. maybe, might be the better word. Yeah, yeah, I reckon superpowered. Um, love this issue, including 23 and 24, where Morpheus strikes against, yeah, again, uh, this issue perfectly shows the dynamics of Moon Knight and Team Moon Knight. Yes, now thank you. Um, for sure, twenty three, twenty four. Um, I'm more familiar with this uh, issue twelve. I have read twenty three and twenty four. I have to go read them again because yeah, Morpheus is is cool in it. Um, Team Moon Knight. Yeah, I mean, definitely shows the dynamics of Moon Knight. I love it. I feel there are other issues though where we do see more of a synergy between Jenna's diner. And Ricky and Ray and Crawley and Frenchie and Marlene a little bit more. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, this one was very kind of Al Rohn uh, centric. So um, there's a bit happening there. But Mark pretty much takes care of it himself, doesn't he? Yeah, for the most part. Because Frenchie doesn't even really make an appearance. I mean, he probably makes an off screen or off panel appearance by flying the copter. But other than that, he's mm. not in it. And then, yeah, then we have Marlene, who actually does have a tie to the story. Um, yeah. And- not just sitting around in bed in lingerie waiting for Mark to come home. <laughs> yeah. um, Squeaky velvet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, and is I didn't put I didn't mention this earlier, but is this the first time that uh, we get a mention of her brother? Like I don't think because I I I, mm. I skimmed through issue number one um, just because it has the whole origin thing. I it didn't make a mention of it. I didn't know if he was mentioned like between one and now or not. I don't remember. Okay. Well, I I'm gonna um, I'm gonna support you on this, Josh, and I'm gonna put myself out there for the fat prize. <laughs> I reckon it is. I reckon it is the first time we ever see Peter Arone. So any loonies that um, begs to differ, please write in and let us know where Peter Arone appears before. But I believe this is the first time because all we know really is Marlene and her father, right? Um, basically, and Peter's just like he just pops out out of the blue, pretty much like Morpheus, and all of a sudden, he's kind of in Marlene's life. So, yeah, um, I'll say that. 
Uh, well, that's all the feedback that we have. Um, and Josh, I think this pretty much wraps up our show before our typical long goodbyes. <laughs> I, <like to> say <laughs> I always seem to drag out the goodbyes. But I just want to say a huge thank you, Josh, for coming on, uh, waking up early as well. Apologies again, Josh. Um, in contrast to last episode, uh, where I accidentally got Joey up really early, um, I've, I've asked Josh to, to, to wake up at a particular time, but we've, we've come in an hour later. But uh, no, huge <laughs> thank you, Josh. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for letting me come on again. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, there's, hey, there's people, people ask, you know, um, I've seen it because how can there be, uh, I saw on one of the pages, how can there be 130, because someone discovered the podcast and they said, how can there be 130, 137 episodes of, of Moon Knight? <laughs> I think that was in the epic <laughs> collection. And Curtis just said, yeah, well, but they talk tangentially about other stuff, but, um, you know, we also cover, you know, comics and, and toys and all that. Josh, we've got heaps of Moon Knight issues to cover still, so there's plenty of, of opportunities for you to come back on, and, and yeah, we welcome it whenever you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, you have at least, let's see, you're on 12, you got like 26 more episodes of just Volume 1, yep. six of the six of the Fist of Khonshu, so let's mm-hmm. see, that's 32. You got six, like 60 six, of Mark six, Spector. <laughs> if, you, if you do it one by one, because I know we've covered yep. a bit here and there. Oh, hey, um, we'll do them again. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> we'll may as well. So you got so right there, you got almost a hundred episodes mm-hmm. of more stuff, not and then not including all the modern stuff, also exactly so. and appearances <laughs> and cameo appearances as well. So um, we are stocked to the gills, loonies. Don't you worry, we're here for the long haul. And uh, whenever the the TV show comes out and and all that, when there's more toys and everything, we'll be we'll be reviewing Bushman Funkos. Don't worry, Morpheus Funko Pops. Don't you worry. <laughs> Um, anyway, Josh, as well, just uh, with our spectacle, whilst you're still here, uh, where can loonies uh, find you or contact you if they want to um, chat more and um, All right, well, like I said, I'm on, yeah, I'm, I'm on the, uh, in the end of the night group, so if you want, you can talk to me there. Fred, request me if you want to see plenty of memes about for coronavirus and stuff. <laughs> no problem. Um, and uh, I do have a sort of on a far too long hiatus podcast I started last September. Uh, it's called Panels of War, um, where I talk about war comics. Uh, unfortunately, I only did three episodes before I sort of kind of lost my train of interest. But um, <clears throat> like I, I, we were talking about it before we started, but. Uh, for some reason, I always sort of get into kind of like history and war kind of stuff come summertime. So just because that's how my brain is. So <laughs> I probably come May or June, I may start up again uh, with some new episodes and, may, and maybe uh, reformatted. Um, uh, so if but there's three episodes on there at Panels of War at Podbean. Uh mm-hmm. So if you want to, if anyone wants to check that out, go ahead uh, and yeah, just be on the lookout for more episodes. Hopefully, uh, in the next couple of months, and who knows, maybe I'll even start earlier with this whole uh, lockdown thing. Maybe I'll be bored out of my mind, and maybe I'll decide to start <laughs> up again. So uh, yeah, but yeah. So you can, yeah. So panels of war. You can also I have a Facebook page you can look forward to if you want to mm-hmm. like it. But yeah, so that's yeah. pretty much about it. Cool. Um, definitely. Uh, the Facebook 
link we'll put in the, I'll put in the show notes as well as uh links to those three episodes as well so loonies definitely go check it out I mean even if you don't read war comics as well um they're a very interesting listen Josh I mean I don't I don't read many war comics at all but um you really do get into the in- intricacies of it's almost a second language of, <laughs> of the you know the, the 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 fighter planes and and just the um the detail of of um all the weaponry and the, and the, the gears so um it, it's very interesting you covered the the garth ennis um uh run, yeah uh, garth, issues yeah garth ennis has uh he has a couple he's two runs called war stories but they're one is from one publisher, one's from another. So I did the first three issues of, um, of, well, I think it came out 2014, I think. Um, but, uh, Castles in the Sky about, uh, uh, B-17 flight crew. Uh, so that was with the first, those first three issues. I might do, uh, cause actually what happened is I was doing another one cause I was like, oh, I want to vary because War Commerce was sort of popular, sort of more like the, you know, 60s, 70s, 50s 40s i was like i'm gonna do something old school and i think because those are more so they're very of the time and especially because it's i wasn't doing it for like marvel dc i was doing uh, one for charlton comics so that's sort of like a c-list publisher at the time Uh and so they weren't very compelling so and they're and they're only like three and it was like one issue was like three stories and they're like six pages six seven pages so I think maybe it was just at the time, it was just like, this is a little monotonous to do in the way that I was doing it. Um, that's why I said about reformatting it and doing just like a summary as opposed to page by page. Uh, mm-hmm. And then while I was also in the middle of recording, I got interrupted. And then I was like, I'll come back to it. And then I just never went back to it. And then, yeah, right. <laughs> so I might, so I might try to do something either. Well, as mentioned before, um, I recently got a big Sergeant Fury uh, and it's how I command yeah. it was essential. And that's like 22 issues. So maybe I'll, I'll do that. And that would be a little bit more engaging. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, but yeah. that'd be cool. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and it ties in with Marvel, I guess, as well, that there might be uh, a few more people kind of keen to, to, uh, I'll actually be, there's an epic collection of, of, um, Sergeant Fury I'd be keen to get as well um yeah i was looking at that one but then because i'm a cheap ass i'm like well i can get the i can get the essential for a little bit cheaper and there's a couple more issues in so oh okay (laughs) yeah and it has an added charm of being in that kind of um that paper stock and 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 being in uh, black and white as well so right could add to it um yeah so check it out panels of war guys everything all the um details in the show notes also i'd like to make mention end of the month um i'll be on the uh the ultimate ultimate spider cast um, for scarlet spider josh you you talked about um about reading the clone saga not that long ago the whole run um i'm going through uh uh, journey with with uh, Ben Riley and Scarlet Spider on Capes and Lunatics uh, sidekicks. So we we're covering basically from the first appearance or so of Ben Riley and we're going through the whole Clone Saga, which um is pretty pretty fun. I've never read it, so uh, it's <laughs> it's not as to me it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. There's a certain like um uh, so. You said you started with like, the first appearance. So is that like the power and responsibility story? Is that? Yes. Yeah. Um, but actually we started with, um, is it the lost years? It was done retrospectively. It was John uh, Romita Jr. Um, it kind of like, 
it was done in the early 2000s. It's kind of like a, uh, this is a primer for it. And then, so we've done that, but we're going into um, the web of Spider-Man, um, the power of responsibility. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, that, it, yeah. it is a little weird. I mean, it is written by J.M.D. Mateus, is one of my favorite writers, mm. but... I yeah. like, but like at the time, like Spider-Man was in a real weird state where he was like, uh, uh, I think like two or three issues, like before, like that whole thing started, uh, they sort of did a, a par- not a parody, but a, a, um, sort of an homage to the, you know, like the famous, the Spider-Man no more, like mm. issue, issue number 50 of Amazing Spider-Man, like that cover where he's like walking off in the, and, and it's all red. They do that again, yeah. but at this time it's Peter Parker no more. And, so oh, he's just gosh. Spider-Man. He's just like, he doesn't like quip and he's like, uh, and he's like, only the, sp- like, only the spider can handle this and ball. And it, it, yeah. it, it, it's really weird. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. At, at first. And then it's, and he snaps out of it once the whole thing really uh, kicks off. But, um, yeah. Because, I mean, we've gotten to the part because, um, there's a whole the fiasco with his parents. And um and now Aunt May has had this stroke or heart attack and so everything's kind of going against him. But um I I really like Ben Riley. I um enjoyed his run in um Damnation. Um that's when I kind of first and, and Peter David's writing him or wrote him recently, so yeah, getting into it. But uh yeah, no, it's it's really good. So um sorry, a little off track there, Loonies, but yeah, uh Scarlet Spider episode, check it out. Um where I'm there with Phil and with Matt. And we talk about um, yeah the, the the clone saga as mentioned. Next phase, loonies. Now, um, Josh probably saying this in the show notes. Uh, keep your eyes peeled on an episode that will drop during the week. Um, hint, hint. It's it's we're heading into April, so uh, there might be an episode dropping a little earlier than expected. Uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but just keep your ears and your eyes peeled for anything in your podcast catcher for that um yeah and uh nothing to do with the phase of the moon or anything um but it's a it's a hoot it's a lot of fun um, oh boy. anyway sorry i said oh boy i wonder now, now, now i'm gonna be pondering i'm like hmm, i wonder <laughs> well you'll see it will, it will make absolute sense once you <laughs> once it happens um Anyway, uh, as mentioned earlier, at the top of the top of the show, Patreon, we have a Patreon page. Um, please consider becoming a patroni like Josh. Um, head to patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. Check out the bonus incentives there. Um, and uh, we really do appreciate your support. We, we appreciate you you're listening to the show as well. I mean, uh, this whole show is built on, on the community and, and the loonies involved. Um, and it's awesome having the likes of, say, Josh, on the show, um, the, like Delita, Noel, uh, providing music for the show, stuff like that. So, um, we're forever grateful. Um, but yeah, with Patreon, we can, we can expand the show even more. And uh, I'm, I'm never short of ideas. <laughs> also sponsored by Hello Headphones, as mentioned, use the code ITK Moonlight, um, and you get 10% off their online store. Also check out our affiliate members, Amazon and Entertainment Earth. Uh, there are links on the show notes as well. Uh, if you buy anything from those links, again, that will help the show um, with a little bit of a, um, a little bit of you know commission or whatever you call it. Um, and also, yeah, the T Public, the T Public as well. Check it out. I'm trying to get more designs up there. There are about ten of them. Um, check out if it, anything that you like um, and where your fandom for Moon Knight 
um, with pride. <laughs> uh, also as well, we are part of the collective. I'm going to give you three awesome shows that you should be listening to. Atalan Rising and Inhumans podcast. They are fantastic. Um, also as well, the collected edition there. Um, a really cool show about all different comic runs, all different trades. And finally, the signal of doom. A good friend over there, Dave Finn, he's blazing across the, the airwaves. So check him out. Finally, you can find us, uh, drop us a line on email, itkmoonnight at gmail. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal. We have a website on Libsyn and WordPress. Uh, as mentioned, we're on Patreon and we're on Podchaser as well. Uh, if you want to rate us, please do uh, let us know what we can do to um, to improve the show. Or if you really do like us, give us a five-star rating. We always appreciate that. It helps us get out there a bit more. Anyway, Josh, I think that about wraps it. A huge thanks. Um, stay safe. Um, keep reading more. Your pile of comics, I hope it gets a bit less. <laughs> and, uh Yeah. <laughs> and and a huge thank you once again. Oh yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, stay safe. And everybody who's listening, yeah, stay safe. Stay inside Absolutely. if you can. Wash your fucking hands. Uh, <laughs> and and if, if anybody who is any listeners, if you're part in any of the medical field, or if you're in the uh, sort of like the grocery, all that kind of retail kind of stuff that's still open, mm-hmm. we every, if everyone. We all appreciate everything you guys are doing. Absolutely. You know, it's like probably like the toughest part of your lives right now. And yeah, and everyone is grateful for all the work you guys are doing. Absolutely. Put it in the hard yards. I've heard stories as well. A huge thank you, guys. Um, the Woolies, the Woolworths um, over here as well, they've just announced uh, another 20,000 uh, extra positions. So that's good for people who are out of a job. Um, that will help them. Um, so supermarkets are doing it tough, but they are – they're, they're shining uh, at the moment, so huge thanks to everyone working there. Yeah. And, right, and, guys. and and don't and and if if you're a jerk, just don't be a jerk for this time. Uh, I always say this because I just saw a story yeah. yesterday uh, at some. I think it was a, a little farther away, but I'm, I'm not quite exactly sure. Where a lady who I guess I don't know if she was all right, all you know, right, but mm-hmm. she went and like was like coughing and sneezing all over produce and meats oh, and all that kind really? of stuff and they had to throw out it was like thirty five thousand dollars worth of food they had oh, to throw out because geez. of it. So if you if if you're an asshole, just stop being an asshole <laughs> for for yeah, at least until this is over. Because yeah, everyone can exactly. be affected and yeah. So. Exactly. We're 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 talking about lives here. So just, you know, you know, be real about it and take it seriously. Um yeah. But I'm sure loonies do. Um if you see anyone well, you give them give them a, a bat of your ebon energy for us, <laughs> or just threaten to rip their face off, whatever. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that that works too as well. <laughs> and on that note, loonies, may country watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. See you guys. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.